0: So, yeah, it was completely dry. It was an everything bagel, but it had nothing on it because of the cream cheese shortage. Have you ever had to eat a dry bagel?
1: I usually just go to Noah's bagels and just say, I just say, spread it on there. And uh, that's wild, man. I a dry bagel.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm still, it, it scratched my throat. I might sue. And actually it was Noah's bagels, but there's the, you know, there's the cream cheese shortage. I don't know what this country's going to.
1: The supply chain and uh I don't know what the supply chain actually is, and I wonder how long that chain goes. How many links are in the supply chain? Who knows? Especially
0: when it comes to cream cheese, because it's oh hold on, hold on. Yep, we're recording. Okay. Uh I'll oh. yeah, I'll just cut that out. Well, we don't want people to hear us talk about cream cheese. Um and dry yeah, bagels. Get that out of there. Yeah, we'll cut, I'll cut it. Okay, so here I'm gonna start it. You ready? Yeah, I'm 100 percent ready. Go. Okay, so go. I'll, I'll start it. You ready? um here we go okay welcome everybody to the young flamingo club season two i'm justin and montana is here with us today right yeah yeah i'm always here about half the time yeah montana have you heard about the supply chain with the cream cheese issue that we're having in america uh absolutely i think you just uh had this problem
1: and um I didn't actually uh, have this problem. I had cream cheese, but it seems like you had the problem. Uh, what was it like eating a dry bagel?
0: Let me just tell you, it is—it's uh, torture. Like it made me, as I was eating it, it made me think I need to move. I need to move out of America because I can't eat dry bagels. Looking into actually Portugal,
1: they say they have a uh, excess of cream cheese. So uh, oh. let's look into that after uh, this
0: episode. Good, good. That's good to know because I definitely. I don't want to live in a country without cream cheese. That's something, you know, if this country is going to go to shit with no cream cheese, I'm out of here. And speaking of uh, cream cheese, let's talk about our guest, Andrew Hale of the famous YouTube pranks. That's how he started. You might, you guys might have seen his videos. He did a uh, a Macklemore prank. That was really good. He kind of is, uh, he's like the godfather of pranks. What were we calling him on the show? The, uh... the OG. Oh yes, you're right. That's right. The original prankster. That's right. We called him on the show. You'll hear us call OP. him the the OP, the original prankster. Uh, like, are you down with the OP? Uh, OP, not OPP, but I guess just OP. We'll have to rewrite that song. He was doing prank for videos for a while, and then he switched his entire format to what did he switch it to? Uh, chatting. So he got to
1: chat with LAPD, models, millionaires that were not even twenty years old. His dad. Really interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, he he kind of switched almost to a podcast format, which. It's funny, like now that I'm thinking about it, like his kind of time on YouTube, a lot of YouTubers did that. I remember Rhett and Link did that. They, uh, they started off making videos and, and they got extravagant, extravagant. And then I, I knew them then. And then I saw them later and I asked them what they were doing. And they said they were just doing a podcast because it's so much easier and uh, didn't take as much production. And they were making just as much money off YouTube. Yeah. And now we do a podcast, but uh, we don't make any money. I don't. Do you make money?
1: Uh, Yeah. David Dobrik gives me shit tons of money every episode.
0: Wait a minute. I don't make any. So then what, and then Andrew, he, and then Andrew left uh, YouTube in a sense and got a job at Amazon. And he actually is in a very meta world. He's talking about it, which I think is fascinating because it's something people normally don't talk about.
1: It's sustaining that YouTube uh, fame that people don't realize and, You can lose it just like that. And I think this is kind of a reality check for some people.
0: Yeah. And I think what's interesting about him being so honest and talking about, you know, making the money from YouTube. And then at some point, it's sort of slowly, you know, dying out and having to go get a regular job is something that a lot of people on YouTube do but don't talk about. But I feel like him talking about it could get him back on YouTube.
1: Absolutely. Let's get this show on the road. And hopefully you don't uh, screw this up.
0: No, I uh, I have a giant like the play button from YouTube. I have that printed out, and it's on my computer. So I'm just gonna press the in- all my keys at once, and I think that's play.
2: Ready? I'm ready. Ready to go?
0: Okay.
2: It's like whoa, new life. Neurotransmitters are fresh. Then he squirted me. I don't know. The
0: young.
1: Welcome to the Young Flamingo Club, season two. And today we have a marvelous guest. Been using marvelous lately. I like it. Um, Andrew Hales. You may know him from YouTube and every other thing in the book uh, that I can think of. Uh, Mr. Hales, how are you doing?
2: What's up, guys? I'm doing great.
1: Thank you for that. And Justin, uh, what are you doing? Not
0: how are you doing? What are you doing? Well, you know, since I saw that Andrew was going to be on the show, I was like, you know what? I want to go down uh, old YouTube road. And so I was like just watching some Shane Dawson and some Justine, and just reminiscing about the good old <laughs> days of, of YouTube, which is so funny to actually talk about because uh, YouTube actually isn't that old in the terms of entertainment, but yet, you know, there's an, there's, an, there's an old school YouTube. And I think Andrew kind of fits the middle of that. And uh, I think it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, how far we've come, yet things haven't changed that much good it's okay.
1: interesting to be interviewing the interviewer i mean you did do a kind of a quote unquote podcast series um yeah, so yeah, what yeah. does it feel what does it feel to be on the other side of the mic i mean i know you've probably done a lot of these but i mean in, in general
2: it's kind of ironic because like my channel's been like kind of been a, a weird like limbo the last year and a half maybe i don't know COVID kind of threw me off i had all these chatting with yeah the interviews they canceled like I don't know, around March of 2020 and because, you know, because of the pandemic and I just kind of, I was forced to get creative and just vlog or whatever (laughs) to keep my channel afloat. And, um, but yeah, no, it's, well, yeah, it's ironic because I, this, yeah, this last year, I've been on like three or four podcasts, like more than I usually am in a year so.
0: Yeah, it is. It's weird. Actually when Montana and I started this podcast, I had only been an interviewee. i had never been an interviewer. And our first episode, I really struggled because I was like, I forgot that I was the one that's supposed to ask the questions. So it was just like silence most of the time because my brain couldn't wrap around it. But I'm just like waiting for someone to ask me a question. Then I had to be like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to ask a question.
2: So. <laughs> no doubt. You definitely have to be present the whole time. It's, it's not like you can just relax. Art of conversation is, is trickier than it looks.
0: I, I often say it's like kind of like hosting a party you have to entertain and you have to make sure everyone's happy and everything's going smoothly. That being said, Montana really, and I aren't that great at this. So we, uh, we, you know, we're doing our best.
1: We still are struggling after, uh, even after the first episode, full disclosure, even on the 20 milligrams of Adderall I'm on, I'm still struggling quite a bit. Are that you on Adderall said, right now? Yes, I am. Full disclosure folks. So that's <laughs> probably some sort of HIPAA violation.
2: And Wait, is Ill. it, is it extended release?
1: It's, it's IR, Andrew. Come on. We know what the, uh, what what, what what did you take did you take extended release when you I, were taking Adderall
2: today I I've been on extended release 20 for about a year now yeah and that's that's a lot less um robotic and like you feel more like a person
1: yeah I took 30 mg IRs uh, at 11 30 before the podcast do, do, do I sound like a robot
2: no no it's I mean it's it's hard to explain like the first year or so on instant release you it's like, whoa, new life. Neurotransmitters are fresh and it's still working great, whatever. But then it, I don't know, you build a tolerance and then it's, <laughs> I mean, this is just my experience, obviously. But, you know, mental illness of depression, anxiety, ADHD, ADD, everyone's like, it's, you know, it's a spectrum and you don't even, I don't, it's, you don't really know if you have it or not or whether you should be medicated it's, or not.
1: It's nebulous, right?
2: Yeah. I have ADD, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we're we're all we're all on Adderall and we're all naked, like we talked about before we started recording. That's how we do the podcast. It's required everyone be on Adderall and naked. So
2: <laughs> yes, that's what uh, you you're the guy that um sets everything up for you guys. I forgot his name. Um our producer, but, yeah. Yeah, he, he told me that was the first requirement.
0: Yeah, thank you for agreeing to being naked and, uh, and on-adderall for this.
2: Yeah, and I thought it was video. So, I mean, I was ready to party. <laughs> you so. definitely
1: were. And uh, we were ready to party, too. Uh, so, I mean, to kind of just, uh, you know, one more thing about the Adderall topic. Now, how big of a factor was Adderall in some of your videos, Andrew? Now, I know um, I watched, uh, you know, that doc- that 10-minute, 15-minute documentary you made about Yeah, him.
2: yeah that's one of the more substantial thing projects I've completed <laughs> so. yeah I
1: really I really enjoyed it but you get into YouTube you start
2: garnering YouTube fame what do you feel in life uh well I was young i I mean it was let's see I was 22 when stuff stuff started to pop off the first viral video and the first big paycheck i I didn't sleep for like two days or something I was just so excited. It's like, wow, my my life's changing. And, you know, it's just one of those moments. And then, I don't know, the next couple of years, I, you know, we kept at it and just posting every Monday. And uh, I don't know, my life was pretty one dimensional. Like I, it was like only about the videos and, and just, it was very selfish, whatever. Like I would, I remember just on my days, I wasn't working. I would just watch TV and skate and it was all for me. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I guess the majority of my 20s is probably like a wannabe rock star phase, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's also a lot of work. People don't realize that, you know, it's still to this day, sort of, you know, a, the young kid's dream to become a YouTube star, a TikTok star. They're actually like, they actually break them down now into different categories. And, you know, mm. they think it it does, it you know, it does happen overnight, but to sustain it, I was part of a company I call maker studios.
2: You were part of that.
0: Yeah. You know, right. Danny, Danny and them had already started it. I met them really early on and then I became a part of it and, you know, and watched it grow and helped it grow and, and was a part of it growing. And, you know, I was one of the first people to start doing the branded content stuff, but you know, something I always knew from the beginning was, cause I come from like Hollywood production. It, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. You know, when you're putting out a, a vlog every single day, five days a week, like, You know, it's basically your entire life is putting out a video and it doesn't stop. And I think it's great that, you know, I've, I've seen that you've, you've been really honest and you've broken down, you know, what it, what it's like and what it's, you know, what happens and, and, you know, that how hard it is to sustain. And then, you know, the, the, the other side of it, like, it's just this, it's great because there's this dream amongst kids that, you know, that you just make a video, it goes big and your life is set for the rest of your life.
2: It's not a steady paycheck for sure. It's and uh, whatever creativity and that comes and goes, and motivation that comes and goes. And so, you I don't know, yeah, you definitely have to save your money and, and plan wisely while the iron is hot.
1: So, Andrew, you you uh, you have this incredible YouTube career, but now you're working on Amazon.
2: Oh, I actually quit. Uh-
1: Oh, you quit. Okay. So this is breaking news to me. Okay. So tell us about that. What happened? With <laughs> I, Amazon? I, I
2: mean, yeah, I, I made it. I, I made it about three or four weeks there. It was, it was hard. I'm, I liked it for the first week or so, but then it started to weigh on me and I was like, Oh, I can't, this is, and stuff was breaking down. My right foot was going numb. And
1: well, did you come out of the job hating Jeff Bezos?
2: no. I think it's a great job. Like I would have loved that job when I, if I was younger, I think he should allow everyone to wear headphones and just make it a little more comfy. Like maybe raise the minimum, raise it maybe a couple more dollars. I probably would have stayed there longer.
0: (laughs) You plan Um, on, are you going to get another job?
2: Yeah. I, I probably will get some easy, like laid back thing at a movie theater. This theater, this movie theater near me as, I don't know. It's like 13, 14 an hour. And I'll probably do that for like two days a week.
0: That's another thing that people don't realize a giant following doesn't equal money. And a lot of money doesn't equal a giant following, you know, like you being so honest and open, you know, and going working work in yeah. At the end of the day, I always say like, it's all, everyone has a job and no matter what your job is, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if you're the garbage man or you're the president of the United States. Like if you're happy, your job, that's really all that matters.
2: There's so many YouTubers that have like 20, I don't know, 30,000 subscribers that I, I've met. And- they they're so good at like selling a course or something or merch or whatever and they make so much money and i'm and i'm like i i'm not i gotta get like more business sense you know my channel is it has like two point something million i've changed my like format like over the years like twice now i think it was pranks for a few years and then it was the chattings for a few years so that like filtered out so many different subscribers and so now there's all these dead subscribers and so there's like all these little factors that kind of contribute to the retention and everything.
0: Let's quick give a quick uh, moment of silence for Andrew's dead subscribers. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Thank you yeah all right well it's an
1: opaque situation right there's a lot of moving parts i mean uh, people then started subscribing because of you chatting with people but the people missed your prank videos and then you make two channels and then those you know followers get split so i mean of course a lot of moving parts (laughs) there that are definitely fixable and you've come to the right podcast actually we have a segment called flamingo financial and what we do (laughs) is try to give you some uh, financial advice and uh I have none for you. So if you guys put you, you meld your minds, I feel like there could be uh, some Flamingo financial uh, mojo happening here.
0: <laughs> well, I think Andrew's already on the path. Like he's, he's done something that most people don't do. And he's kind of pulled the curtain back and said, look, I, you know, I'm going to get a job at Amazon and I'm going to work basically like doing something that no one else wants to do is admit that, you know, it, it, a it doesn't last forever. And B, you know, the money, like you said, like the the AdSense you make on, on Google from YouTube, it's good. But, you know, you have to really, again, you got to keep it going. And it's and it's not, not something everyone can always keep doing.
2: Like Casey Neistat put it, people don't come to YouTube for entertainment. They come for connections. I'm starting to like really apply that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I need to like maintain this uh this connection with the audience i did some pranks and they were great they were real funny whatever but they i don't know they capped out at like a hundred thousand and then i did the six minute video and it even had like this one minute brand deal in it uh i how i got broke and i got like 400 000 views it's like frustrating sometimes because you're like oh i put so much work into this one video but this other video where i just talk to the camera and and it gets way more views so it's like this youtube's kind of like this thing where you it's like 95 percent personality and Five uh, percent quality.
0: You're so spot on with that. I mean, when when we started makers, I, I came from a different background, coming from you know Hollywood and production companies. Jay Car was always great. He'd always remind me, like, look, he's like, it doesn't matter how good it is. It, people want to feel like they could make it themselves, and that they know you, and that they could do this too. And that's the appeal. So everything we had to do, we sort of. Took that mindset. You broke ground with the like hand holding prank. I always love the Macklemore one. That was great. But then, yeah, it's like, but then how long can you sustain pranks, right? Like, yeah. so you you know, it's even if you to this day, if you'd never change your format, you know, if you're still doing pranks today, it might not be as successful because people they get bored. Like, it's a, how long can you keep doing it, you know? Well, if you're David Dobrik, you can uh, buy G-Wagons
1: for homeless people, and everybody likes to see that over and over again. So, uh, let's be clear. Mr. Beast buys islands for people, apparently. Now, Andrew, I want to talk about something serious now. Who's this bastard that screwed you on your watches? Oh, um, his
2: name's... Put I it don't out even there. It I, don't out really... there. No, I don't even remember his name, actually. Um, I'd have to look it on my phone. It. He was just... I never met him. He's in China, He's and... I ordered like $8,000 worth of watches which was like 3 or 400 of them and then you know month after month they just never appeared and and then and then covid happened and then he just stopped oh, replying man. to my emails and that was that <laughs> so it sucks So what what is
0: the full story on this?
2: Like I ordered like so I I've been ordering watches and selling them you know um, for the last couple of years 2018 19 and then The end of nineteen, I ordered a new batch, and then he didn't deliver the batch, and I so I was just out like eight grand or something, and he just disappeared out the face of the earth. So.
0: And you still this day never found him.
2: Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where he is. I mean, I I met him on Alibaba, and I guess the mistake Ah. I made was paying him like outside of Alibaba or whatever.
1: Mm. Right. The only thing I got from Alibaba are these uh, chicken scalders industrial size and I got screwed on those. So anyways, Alibaba is a terrible place to do business. I'm sorry, uh <laughs> Jack Ma, if you well, want to well, sue, it was I mean it was
2: working work. it was working for the first couple of years. I was like, "Oh, great. This is easy and great." And then I then he screwed me. I don't know.
0: I have a quick question I actually like to ask Montana. Yeah. Why are you buying giant chicken scalders? Yeah. Well, well, you missed you missed one little uh
1: point industrial sized (laughs) chicken scalders and uh well i guess it's breaking news i'm starting my own fast food chain called montana's um we're offering chicken so uh, that's just one thing we're offering on the very diverse menu we're having so be on the lookout for those in 2028 uh those
2: will be in the (laughs) la
0: area sounds like there Uh, won't be any uh sounds like there won't be any scalded chicken though
2: are you talking about like the chicken like the basket you deep you, you dip into the the fryer
1: Absolutely not. We're talking about the the machine that mutilates the chickens.
0: Scalders. Wait, a machine that a okay. s- machine that mutilates chickens? I don't know Industrial. what <laughs> no, so Montana's restaurant is going to sell mutilated, scalded chicken. Delicious. Hey, if
1: you go, to, if you go to KFC, it's the same thing. Listen to me, okay? I'm just saying, it's industrial size auto scalders. Uh, I bought from Alibaba. It's it's, a, it's like you know when you want to do a podcast, you need to get a mic. You need to get a laptop. If you want to start a chicken fast food restaurant, you need to get auto scalders. How
2: much money did they screw you out of?
1: Uh, they screwed me out of a good fifty four thousand. And uh what? you know. That was a uh, right, right in my backside, and that's fine uh, because maybe that was a sign that maybe I shouldn't be doing uh, industrial auto scalding. And we were gonna, Justin and I are maybe thinking about building this app where you swipe on dogs and say, "Okay, let's eat that dog." So maybe that was the calling. I don't know. But th- this all being said, th- <laughs> this brings me to Gosh. really. this brings me to my next point so Andrew you got out of LA now was it because you were seeing what was happening to Los Angeles and by the way I love Los Angeles but or was it that $3,600 a month apartment you had what what was it that made you just say you know what screw it I'm out of I'm going I'm out of LA I'm gone
2: Um, well, it was a mutual decision. I, I've been dating this girl for about a year and we were both like, why, why are we still here? Like we can get way cheaper rent if we just go over a few States. And so then we kind of went on an adventure for this last year, living in Airbnbs and it's just a lot cheaper rent pretty much. That's the short answer.
1: Now I hear some rumors that you met this, uh, your girlfriend currently on a, on a prank video. Is that true?
2: Better on hinge. (laughs) I call that I call it
1: cringe. Uh, I just never had any luck on that website. And that's probably why I'm so single. And
0: so you pranked her on cringe?
2: No, no, I didn't prank her at all. I was just normal meet up and get drinks date.
0: And and you had no urge to prank her?
2: No, <laughs> I, I actually I, I feel like I feel like telling people you're a YouTuber. I mean, especially on the first date, is cringy. But, um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. would it. Cringy. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I almost like lie and say I'm in real estate or something. That's a yeah, good I one. get that.
1: Well, what if you're wearing sunglasses? I think that mitigates all douchebagginess. At one hundred percent, if you put sunglasses on and say, "Well, you go, you do like this," you're on a date and she's like, "Oh, like, what do you do for a living?" Blah blah blah. And then you, you, you have your sunglasses and as you put them on, you go, "I'm a YouTuber." That mitigates yeah, exactly. all douchebagginess, 100%. 110%. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like a, one of those dark bars too, like Harvard and Stone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Speaking of mitigating douchebagginess, because I've been a douchebag uh, for the last uh, 45 minutes here. Uh, Justin, oh. what we we in questions in a bowl? Are you guys ready to, to get into that segment?
2: Yeah, yeah. Throw it on me.
1: Backstory here, Andrew. We bought this uh, brother printer in our first season. And um, it got stolen. And now, uh, Justin, what, what, what kind do we have? We have a 1993 IBM Matrix
0: printer. A dot matrix, yeah. It's, we bought a that 1993 matrix. IBM uh, desktop computer and a dot matrix printer from a guy named Craig who has a list. And we bought it off his list. And that's what we print these questions with. Because we, we sent you a list of about 20 questions, correct? hmm So out of that, I printed all the questions. I have them here in a a glass bowl with a young Flamingo Club sticker on it. And I'm going to just randomly pull out five of the 20. And uh, we're going to ask you those questions. All right. All right. So here we go. I'm going to pull out the first question out of the bowl. Here we go. Do you have any tattoos? If so, what are they? And if you don't, would you ever consider getting one?
2: Uh, No, I never got a tattoo. I almost got one in 2017. Of my friend's skate company it's called be easy and it would just be that like a b e and then e a s y and i i I almost got that on my my shoulder so that
0: that'd be a really good friend to get his company name tattooed on you so that's that was your what stopped you from getting it
2: um i don't know i I guess i didn't really want to get it and i figured it you know it's kind of a permanent thing i probably I might've regretted it. So I (laughs) And it And it wasn't an
1: LLC. Maybe there is some tax stuff. Maybe, possibly. Actually, I I have something to add with the tattoos. I've always wanted to get quotation marks on my index and middle fingers on the outside or a ruler on my forearm. I want functional tattoos. I think that'll be something we'll be hearing a lot more of in 2028 along with my restaurant, Uh, functional tattooing. What would uh, be functional about the ruler? I can measure stuff with my forearm.
0: So I have on one of my fingers, I got, I have, it says this guy and it's on my index finger. And so I was obviously inebriated at the times as many years ago. So that like, you know, you could say who is, who is on the young flamingo club podcast right now. And I could just point my finger at myself and it says this guy
2: really sad. <laughs> so
0: that's great. It's so that's, that's
2: on your index finger. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I literally forget it's there until we just had this conversation and you said mustache. And then I remembered that it's on my finger. Yeah.
2: Is that your only Sad. tattoo?
0: No, I have a lot more. I kind of regret a lot of them. Oh, especially the one in Montana. I just don't feel like uh, I should have well, a tattoo. of on
1: me. I paid yeah. for that one. And secondly, uh, I got one of you on my back. No, actually uh, speaking of tattoos, I have none. And I, uh, I got actually a text right here, live text. Asking me, do I have any piercings? I don't. I don't have any piercings or tattoos. I'm a blank canvas, and I plan to stay that way, folks. So don't try to, you know, I don't want a tattoo of a scolder on my back. No way.
0: You have no t- no tattoos, no piercing, and no chicken mutilating scalders. Okay, Well, good to know. Yeah,
1: right. We're all naked and on that, oil, So I just figured, why not just? No.
0: All right, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. On that note, second question. Here we go. Oh, which app has hurt society the most?
2: Probably Facebook. <laughs> oh, that's Ouch. great. That, that's true. Does that, does that count as an app? Yeah. Absolutely. That's an app, yeah. The website. Yeah. I don't know. Just all the propaganda and the, the privacy and all. I hate Facebook. I just, I don't, I mean, I just, it's hard to navigate it too. And like the video, like my Loft page got hacked.
0: Oh, weird. <sighs> I know. Yeah. Facebook, the UI is, especially when you're like doing any kind of advertising or anything, it's so just doesn't make sense. Okay, here we go. Question three coming out of the bowl hot. What do you think the future of entertainment looks like?
2: I feel like we're going to see a lot more live stream. And it's almost like it's going, it's reverting back to like cable, you know, where you didn't even have on-demand stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember when Vine died, I I read a thing that was quite interesting. They compared it to a television show and that Vine was like, you know, a show and eventually the season was up. It, you know, and it, it wasn't interesting anymore. So they, ca- they canceled it. And I feel like that was an interesting way to look at it. A lot of these platforms that, you know, they'll go away and come, new ones will evolve the same way like television and television shows do. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was quite interesting. I have the third, the, what is this? The fourth question? The uh, fourth one. <laughs> it's the fourth one. Yeah. Wow. And so I, have the fourth questions. I, yeah. I have the fourth question in my hand. What threw me off is because the word three is in the question. So. It is what three words best describe you.
2: I mean, based off other people's opinions or whatever, but they've always told me I'm funny, weird, and lazy.
1: (laughs) I I agree with that.
2: Yeah. Mine is the lazy part. I mean, I'm all about the four-hour work week and just finding loopholes and not working for work's sake and Mm. enjoying your time and having fun. And um, Bill Gates has a good quote even, like, I would hire the laziest person because he'll find the most efficient way to do it.
0: Oh, that's like that. great. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, let's get on to question next five. Next question, please. Yeah, here we go. And the next question is. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> um, here we go. Who is the funniest person you know?
2: Ooh. Probably my old brother Paul.
0: And what makes him funny?
2: He's kind of a Jim Carrey type. Uh... Him and my older sister Jack have always kind of been the clowns of the family, and I, I've taken a lot of my sense of humor from them. I think.
0: Have you ever had them in uh, in your videos?
2: Yeah, yeah. Jacqueline's she's in LA. She's trying to be an actress, or I mean, <laughs> I got to stop saying that. I she she's had a lot of gigs. Um, she's been in. She was in a lot of my earlier videos at just doing pranks and stuff. But no, yeah. Paul's I, Paul's never been in any of the videos.
0: I feel like you should get him in if he's your funniest sibling.
2: <laughs> well that's i mean he's uh i mean he's probably a little he's not really he's a little camera shy i think the reason i didn't really like doing the pranks is i don't like filming people without them knowing it's i don't know it's it gets all you got good sometimes. morals like, andrew
0: i just saw the, i watched the actually before we started recording i watched the one the hello one you did oh it like, like hi yeah in venice yeah. 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 Well, I think that's interesting because I've done that on accident to people. Like I sometimes I'll just like if I'm walking and someone looks at me, I'll just be like, "Hey," or "Hi." And yeah, and it's then most people say, It's that. interesting
2: you brought that up because I I actually yeah, I took that directly from Paul. He would do that like he would just come into a room and be, like, "Hi." <laughs> and he would, you know, and I so I just that's one of the many jokes I stole from him. So, yeah.
0: So so wait, so you're you're basically just getting all your material from your older brother. I love it. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, yeah, at least twenty or thirty percent. I I don't know. All right, so eighty or ninety percent. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously,
0: you've probably seen this since you know you kind of were one of the original pranksters. Let's call you instead of original gangster, original prankster. TikTok, like it's like pranking is huge on there. My my son is always like, Dad, Dad, watch this. Like he's twelve, and he'd be like, Watch, watch this, and it's always some prank yeah. inside Walmart, and the kids are doing it. But I feel like at some point it's going to become way oversaturated and then it won't work because you'll, if you're the person being pranked, you'll be like, I know exactly what's going on here and it's not going to happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, you have to, there's a finesse about it. Like if you, <laughs> if you, you know, you're playing the character, if you play it well enough and believable enough, then you can, you know, evoke a, a real reaction.
0: You know, and I think uh, going back to Montana's idea of a, a max, master class of pranking. You mm. could call it the original prankster, and you could do You could do a course like how these like, you know, day trader guys that trade for like three months and then they start charging money for courses. Robin so there's it. your business. There's your there's your business model, like you know yeah. the, the nuances of of the original prankster. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, okay,
1: so all right, flamingos, um, we're gonna wrap this up, but I do want to apologize to the other Andrew Hale that I emailed. Uh, he's a pastor, but when I asked him to come on the show, uh, he didn't oh. know who I was talking about. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, um, because I was looking on how to get in contact with you, Andrew and it said Andrew Hale's business, but then I started doing more of a deep dive and, uh, yeah, there's an Andrew Hale, I guess in Georgia, who's a pastor. And uh, so I'm sorry to you, pastor
2: Hales. I did not mean to email you, uh, yeah, be whatever chatting, actually, chatting with someone named Andrew Hales.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll put you guys in contact. How about that? I'll work yeah. you guys in yeah, together yeah. and that should be a good one. Andrew, you've been nothing but spectacular. Yeah, thanks,
0: Andrew. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. All right. Young Flamingo Club.
1: Right, that was a, um, as usual, magnificent guest and really, really an honest, honest story of, um, you know, someone going from the top to the middle and hopefully back to the top with David Dobrik. In fact, I hope it goes above David Dobrik and Mr. Beast. And as per usual, Justin, handing it off to you, Young Flamingo Club member, yes, no, maybe so.
0: Yeah, you know, I I almost went no because I was like, do we really want a YouTuber? in our club, because I just don't know if I just want a YouTuber. But then I realized, you know, he worked at Amazon. And if he goes and backs and works at Amazon, then he could help. You know, I've been having some problems getting some of my uh, my shipments because of supply chain issue. Like I ordered cream cheese, and I still haven't got it. So I figured if he's back at Amazon, he could get my cream cheese to me quicker. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that, that is a good point. Um, for me, it's a definite yes, because I don't think you're going to see many youtubers that have garnered his much fame this honest
0: that's a great point yeah andrew was very honest and uh most of the people in the young flamingo club are not honest so we need that balance we need someone who's actually going to be honest so andrew hale you are officially a member of the young flamingo club all the perks are available to you the genius bar inside montana's house the kirkland massage chair 10 percent discount and the, uh, I think it's 15% off appetizers at Chili's. Do we have we had anything else? I can't remember.
1: Uh, absolutely. We did. Uh, we did a uh, fun margarita Fridays at Chili's. So uh, come there and kind of have a cool meetup with the group and uh, we'll see you there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. And the bartender at Chili's, they put like a little, like a flamingo, like stir straw in your drink. It's, 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 it's a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys at Chili's uh, for a good time, and if you can't make it, that's okay, but also please do not subscribe to this podcast, and do not uh, tell anyone about it, this podcast is for you, and you only. Okay, so please keep it as secret as possible. That's right, thank you guys, and we'll see you at Chili's. Let it. It's good, it's
1: good.
0: I like it.